Welcome to AFSPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association with Chief Operating Officer Kyle Longton. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast channel. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of AFSPA Talks. I'm Kyle Longton, and along with me is... Anna Wolfart. And today, AFSPA Talks about dental and orthodontic care. Hannah, how do you feel about going to the dentist? It's not my favorite thing. I have to be honest with you. Are you someone who has anxiety? I know there's a lot out there about like uh, people who get get sedated to have their dentistry work done. Are you able to do it just gripping the arms of the chair pretty hard? Yep. I grip the arms of the chair pretty hard. Try not to gag and yeah, (laughs) do my best. Because, you know, the last year I, I, I had my dental appointment canceled last year. I was able to make it up later in the year, but I, I didn't miss it. Um, having to wait a little bit longer for it. Um, I, I, did you have braces as a kid? I did. Yeah. I, I went for two years. It was started out high school over the summer, got glasses and braces for the first time. So, you know, I was set up for success in ninth grade. Oh, in high school too. That's the worst. Oh, Oh yeah. Excellent. And, and now, you know, I think we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but the stress that gets me, I, I put a hole in one night guard and I'm onto my second one um, to keep the <laughs> some enamel on my teeth. Um, Are you a grinder? I uh, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. It's good to have preventive care, I think, um, so that we don't have, I, I skipped preventive care for a few years during college and, uh, and grad school and went and had seven cavities filled the next time. So um, I hope that you are getting preventive care, even if it's not your favorite thing. Yes, I go twice a year, no matter what. Good. That's good to hear. And I hope that our our listeners are too. And we're going to talk a little bit about that um, and and approaches to preventive care. We've got some good guests to do that. We've got, we, we have a dentist joining us today. Dr. Wayne Silverman has more than 30 years of experience um, in consulting, teaching, and private practice. He helps design and review plans for Dominion National in his current role, and he's also overseeing certain policies and procedures. Um, Outside of his role with Dominion National, he's also an associate professor of restorative dentistry at the University of Maryland School of Dentistry. He's going to talk to us today about the best practices for preventive dentistry and a a few other topics. And uh, we also are going to talk about a new option for orthodontics care that's available as part of the Dominion National Plan. And to, to talk about that is um, Mark Haraway, and he is has been in the dental benefits industry for more than 26 years. In his current position with Dominion National, he has direct oversight of sales, service, and provider relations and extensive roles in marketing and product development across a range of delivering systems. He's also had experience overseeing government dental programs for state and health plan clients in the Medicaid and Medicare areas. And right now, he has responsibilities specifically for maintaining and enhancing the customer experience for Dominion clients. So I'm glad to have both of them. Hannah, I hope you will listen. I hope it won't be um, you know, too grating to hear about dental care, even if it, it might not be your favorite thing to get it. Um, are you no, ready? I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm strapped <laughs> in. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So we'll, we'll start. Um, Dr. Silverman, welcome to Ask the Talks. Generally, how often should someone be getting preventive dental care? So their, their cleanings and their exams. Well, <clears throat> good morning. Uh, it has been recommended for decades. 
that people should seek preventive dental care twice a year. I think the reality is that, yes, 60, probably to 70% of all people, adults, should receive uh, biannual cleanings and exams. And then of the remaining people, there is a small segment if they came once a year, uh, which honestly we uh, do not promote only because if you tell people once a year, they may expand it to beyond that. And then there is a segment of the population that should be seen more than twice a year, probably three or four times a year, at least to have their teeth cleaned. Okay. And, and those who, who may need to visit more frequently, that's something that their, their dentist may advise them on due to their individual situation. Is that right? Correct. Um, There there are just people uh, in general who have special uh, situations that should be uh, checked more frequently. Okay. And then there is uh, probably almost an equal number of people who are, for various reasons, resistant to dental disease. They don't get cavities. And periodontally, their gums and bone are very healthy as they get older. I, I wish I fell into that that category who um, is resistant. <laughs> we um, all do. <laughs> well, let, let's. So, yeah. you mentioned um, adults and the frequency of their care. What about children? When should they get their first exam? Should they also be going twice a year? It, it would be wonderful to see every toddler no later than the age of two. And I know that the American Dental Association, as well as the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry, promotes very, very strongly to have a child examined after the eruption of their first tooth. Honestly, as a private practitioner, I I tell uh, parents of newborns or or young toddlers, uh, either I or or an associate dentist in the practice are more than happy to have a have a look. Uh, we also depend on the pediatricians. Uh, they the toddler, the infant is certainly seeing the pediatrician uh, more frequently than they than they would be seeing a dentist. And if they identify an issue, they they'll make a an appropriate referral. Uh, but it would be great. I, I like to see little ones at around the age of two. Uh, they have most of their baby teeth at that point. And, uh, and certainly, though, if a parent had a concern prior to that time, by all means, have that child examined. I, it, it's I, also an opportunity. It, it gives us an opportunity to also talk with the parents, the caregivers, as far as you know, nutrition, uh, not putting a, a infant or toddler to sleep with a bottle in their mouth. Absolutely. And and I just took my two-year-old for the first time um, last week. It was an experience, but it was a good experience. And, and he came away <laughs> um, kind of excited. Yeah. Um, so one, one thing that we've, we've been talking about, we've been seeing, particularly with the health plan that ASPA off, offers, um, over the last year, we've seen a lot of people delaying medical care. Um, is the same true in the area of dental care? Have people been delaying it, either preventive or, or other types of care? 
Absolutely. Um, and certainly it's an understatement to say how the pandemic has affected all of us in, in many, many ways um, and certainly all aspects of health care. Uh, many practices in the United States, depending on, on the state local laws, um, shut down in March of 2020. And then, again, depending on the state, reopened at different times. Uh, my own practice uh, was reopened around the third week of May of 2020. So there's a 10-week period of time that we, could, we did not see people for routine treatment or for preventive treatment. Uh, e- emergent needs were, were handled. But that backed up many, many people from getting into their respective offices. And, and understandably, uh, the patients had their own concerns about coming in. Um, either they were not comfortable leaving their home. Um, when we all think back to last year, um, at approximately this time, or last summer, last fall, obviously we, we were not vaccinated yet. So it did cause quite a backup of dental treatment when people began coming in for uh, routine and preventive care. Certainly some problems were uncovered that perhaps may have been uh, seen earlier. And um, treatment that had been treatment planned had been proposed in the winter of 2020 Finally, people were able to have that treatment in the summer, perhaps into the fall of last year. So anecdotally, um, I I see some articles, non, I I call them the non-scientific in the throwaway journals each month. Um, They're not peer reviewed, but anecdotally, there are, you know, and I will say dentists, Um, you know, writing and speaking about issues um, because people did not come in because of the stress and uh, from the pandemic, there are more people clenching, grinding their teeth and and breaking fillings or breaking teeth. Um, And again, this is non-scientific. Sure. Um, I, I think, you know, realistically, yes, just like in healthcare, uh, in medical care, uh, many semi-elective procedures were put off, be it uh, orthopedic joint replacements or other treatments. And then finally, um, people are catching up with their needs. And certainly we are seeing this in dentistry. I attended a virtual conference last week. Uh, one of the speakers from the American Dental Association, um, who is an economist, know, indicated across the U.S., we are, we meaning dental practices and the delivery of dental treatment is back to 85% of the pre-pandemic levels. And, and that's great. That, yeah. that I, I think the other 15%, you know, um, it, you know, we could have a conversation about that some other time as to why we're still lagging 15%, you know, just for obvious reasons. So it, it, it is great to, to see uh, our patients back in the practices. 
Absolutely. On on just to to reemphasize a little bit the importance of of preventive care. Can you talk a little bit about how dental health relates to maybe other health issues that that may emerge or that could be uh, dental issues may be indicative of of other issues? Over the last 10 years, many studies have been done to show link, linkage or links between oral disease and systemic diseases. And for all of us who have att- who attended dental school even decades ago, we were taught back then that there is this link between patients, people who have either type 1 or type 2 diabetes and their oral health. The link is, is healing, is wound healing. So in my practice, we do make a special effort, and I think a credible percent of the population would be between 9 and 10% of the U.S. population has either type 1 or type 2 diabetes. We know that if a patient is not, if their blood sugar levels and other factors are not within the normal range, they will not heal as well as someone whose same uh, data is in the normal range. Other oral and systemic links have, have, well, systemic links have been shown include certain types, not all, but certain types of cardiovascular disease, There are, again, peer-reviewed articles regarding certain types of gastro, uh, gastrointestinal cancers. And I also believe articles um, are appearing regarding, I, I don't want to use, uh, I want to be very careful, you know, the, the term dementia um, okay. is very widely encompassing. But let's leave it at there are certainly uh, proof is out there of the connection between our oral health and other things going on in our body. They affect each other. Okay. So we're not, you're not necessarily putting out there and saying causation. If you don't brush your teeth enough, you're going to end up with, with diabetes or diabetes causes bad mouth health. But there is, there are some links there, particularly, as you said, with, with wound care. Um, and I think that's important yes. I, as, a, yeah. as a diabetic myself, that is something I've talked to my dentist about myself um, when I've, I've discussed care and, and potential needs in the future. So I think that's important for people to know. Thank you. Yes, and very specifically, um, people with diabetes, if they're not well controlled, yes, it it can be a causative factor in eventually, as a person gets older, with periodontal disease. Got it. Good to know that that's incredibly important for us to think about. We we talked before about practices being closed and then being semi-open for maybe emergent care and then catching up on preventive care. We did see some offerings for virtual dental care over the last year. Um, how does this work? 
why might somebody use it and, and for what issues might it work best? Well, teledentistry um, and teledentistry is an offshoot of telemedicine. And it was helpful last year. I had patients call me and they had a smartphone. I have a smartphone and they were able to take a picture. Uh, I, I well remember uh, uh, one mom who took a picture of her son and sent it to me, gave her a call back. We talked about, you know, what, what we need to do. So, and last year during that, for me, the 10 weeks that we were closed, um, I had many conversations with many patients and a number of them, we made use of our phones. So, you know, that was good. It has continued. Teledentistry, I can see in the future and teledentistry today, it's not just in the future, it is here today. Um, different benefit payers are, uh, there are some specific billing codes for teledentistry and uh, dental practices are making use of it. I think when we talk about people, we, you know, I, I think of uh, perhaps people who live in remote areas and do not have the access that many other people do. Uh, this is incredibly beneficial for them and for the uh, for the dentist to whom they uh, with whom they can connect. Um, I, I think about you know not just the people who are remote, but uh, people who can you know, cannot do not have the ability to leave their home. Um, so teledentistry, I, I believe, will be uh, used quite a bit as we go forward. And you know, honestly, if we take a particular segment, the younger segment of our population. Uh, perhaps folks in their 20s and 30s, um, they have a little bit of a different thought process as to uh, they may not be the patient who wants to come in uh, to the office every six months. Uh, perhaps they don't feel the need for it or for other reasons, and uh, they're going to make use of teledentistry. Uh, they do today. And I think, um, you know, telemedicine certainly uh, has been around quite some time, and they're expanding uh, what they're able to offer. All right. Well, and I, I think that provides us a good place to to pivot in the discussion just a little bit to talk about another um, sort of distance um, option that's available um, and a new partnership that Dominion has with Smile Direct Club. And and I want to turn to your colleague um, Mark Haraway now, and and. Mark, can you tell us a little bit about Smile Direct Club and what it is and um, how it works? Sure, thanks. And um, I'm looking forward to further discussion here. So, so Smile Direct Club is a uh, organization that has created a, a more distanced uh, availability for orthodontia treatment. Um, and while there's still... Um, diagnosis and, and an analysis of the need, uh, the treatment can be done um, very much at an arm's length. And, and it is done for about half the cost and, and maybe even less than half the cost of traditional ortho treatment. For the, so for those that it makes sense for, 
it's a great way to save, you know, a significant amount of money. Um, whereas I, th- I, and we also have arranged through that a discount further from their, their normal pricing. Um, so they're out there with, um, uh, 1995 uh, or thereabouts, and and we have a we have it reduced by another hundred dollars to 1895. So uh, it's 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 actually a great way to get ortho treatment for those that are going to benefit from from that. It certainly doesn't you know automatically and should not automatically replace traditional orthodontia, uh, but it makes sense for a lot of people, and and it's going to save them some money. And and the price is right. I had braces two decades ago. And I know that that price would have been great even back then. Um, but, but to your point, it, it's not going to replace all, all in uh, person orthodontic care. It sounds like it's, it's not for everybody. Um, and, and Wayne, I'll turn back to you as our, as our dentist, um, you know, for smile direct club, what types of, of needs would smile direct club meet and what might it not meet? Where would somebody maybe want to go with the traditional in-person um, care? I think their place in the orthodontic world is uh, for, and this is can be interpreted obviously in different uh, two different degrees, but minor tooth movement, particularly <clears throat> for the teeth in the front of the mouth. If a person has a couple of teeth that are slightly rotated, a little bit of crowding. Um, Smile Direct Club may be very, very beneficial in that case. On the other hand, if a, and this is where the orthodontist uh, in person uh, is much more uh, able to, well, not give a different diagnosis. Uh, Certainly the Smile Direct Club has orthodontists reviewing uh, the documentation, the photos that are sent to them, uh-huh. but there are there are young people as, as well as adults who enter orthodontic treatment, and it, it's partly orthodontic, but their needs are also orthopedic. So that's where an in-person orthodontist, um, I, I I believe, would certainly be appropriate. But um, but Smile Direct Club is showing all of us that uh, there are some aspects of dentistry that can be done virtually. Excellent. And and so I want to turn back to, to Mark. So if someone is listening, is interested, how does Smile Direct Club work with the, the Dominion National Plan that, that's offered by AFSPA? Um, so the the access for the AFSPA members is through the discount. So all now that we have Smile Direct Club up and running, it's part of all of our programs. And so it's automatically now built into even plans that don't cover orthodontia. So that is unique because the AFSPA plan does not actually currently include an orthodontia benefit, you know, over right. per se. Right, there's an add-on that that's an option, but you're saying this is part of the the, the base plan, yeah. right? So okay, yeah, Dominion members have access now through Smile Direct Club, even if their benefit core benefit doesn't include an ortho benefit. Are there any waiting periods? Sometimes we see that with orthodontia benefits. No, and no. so it's it's available right now, 
Um, and, you know, so if, if anybody was so inclined, they could begin the process with, with Smile Direct Club, um, you know, through their, with their member ID, um, it's linked to Dominion and they can be, they could begin the process, um, right away. That's fantastic. Um, so that that's one new option that's available through Dominion National, but there's also been some other enhancements to our plan in the last year. So I want to ask you if you can take just a couple minutes to talk about that, particularly the the network. We we were a, a regional plan, um, but that's changed a little bit. Yeah, the the key uh, the couple of changes over the years, and um, you know, and I and I certainly appreciate how how long we've worked with ASPA. Um, you know, and I go back to when I, I had hair and it wasn't gray. So uh, working with ASPA. So um, and, and back then we started with what was called a DHMA, which was really hyper regional um, in that it was, uh, you know, a good network around the D.C., Baltimore area. Um, and then we moved to the um, the EPPO product that then increased the number of dentists by by almost twofold at that point. And then over the years that has grown significantly because of the base network underneath, which is a really a preferred provider organization, a PPO network. So it's very large, um, you know, as we've evolved over time. And then most recently, what we did was we made it a national, um, national PPO. So we, we, we have a national network um, that we've we've enjoyed for many years and working with a lot of our clients, um, but it wasn't part of the ASPA plan because the 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 program was regional in nature, as you described. Mm-hmm. And I think that so, the great thing for our members is that they saw that change from from regional to national, and there was no premium increase with the wider network last year. Um, that, that's correct. That, yeah, that's so now correct. they have the ability to get you know care and you know throughout the the network that's part of our national footprint, which is, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dentists nationwide. It's fantastic. That's fantastic. And that's not the only change that we've made. There's also a new incentive program for preventive care. That's part of the the plan. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works and how someone could take advantage of that? Yeah. So prevention rewards, uh, is, is a program that it, it just like it sounds, it rewards the preventive visit. And so, even with our program where the, the preventive visit is a no cost service, uh, there is a reward for when, when folks get two cleanings per year, uh, then they're reimbursed uh, $20 in addition to their already no cost service. So uh, if they get that second, once they get that second cleaning, it's an automatic process. So uh, they don't really even have to do anything except have presented for the second visit um, and then once that claim process is through, it hits a series of triggers and, and then that additional payment goes out. Um, so it's designed again around, you may have already talked about, you know, the value of prevention. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we see it uh, that clearly and want to promote and, and reward that behavior. Absolutely. And and I think that's, you know, two visits within a calendar year, January 1st to December 31st. Yes. And just do what you're supposed to be doing, what, what Wayne walked us through before and um, get $20 in your pocket. That That's pretty good. Um, is there anything else that you think our listeners should know about the Dominion National Plan that ASPA offers? Well, you know, one of the things that I certainly would like to at least reiterate the value that I see in that program 
um, you know, to, to me, it is the single most valuable product that we sell in any of our situations, not only with ASPA, um, in, in our corporate clients um, and in and other clients that we serve a lot of health plans in the background mm-hmm. and drive their dental for them. And the most, num- the number one plan we recommend for a value standpoint is a version of what ASPA has um, because of the, the cost of the program and the benefits that come back from it. There's no other program that, that does that. Um, you know, it is, it isn't a network only program, but that enhances the value um, because we can get those services at, a, at an affordable price for the members. Um, and, it, and it works for the dentists that are part of the program and it keeps the premium so low. So I think with the additional benefits uh, with the smile direct and with the, with the prevention rewards and the additional network, um, it just increases that value, which I've long seen as the, the, the number one um, program for, for delivering bang for the buck. Absolutely. And it just keeps getting better. Um, so b- before we finish up, um, uh, Wayne, I want to turn to you. Any, any closing thoughts um, for our discussion today? Mm-hmm. My best closing thought, uh, Kyle, is preventive dentistry has shown to be absolutely invaluable uh, to everyone. So to promote, you know, to, to hope and promote that people will go to the dentist once a year, twice a year, four times a year, um, it is they're doing themselves it's the greatest benefit they can give to themselves. That, that would be it. That's the message. Excellent. Excellent. So keep brushing, get those preventive visits, wear that night guard if you've got one. Um, but I, for now, I want to wrap up and just say thank you to Dr. Wayne Silverman and to Mark Haraway from Dominion National. I appreciate you all being with us today to talk about dentistry as well as the, the features of the, the Dominion National plan that we offer. Um, thank you all very much. Thanks again to Wayne Silverman and Mark Haraway for joining us to talk about dental care, as well as some of the benefits available under Dominion Nationals plan. I do want to note that for listeners that their FEHB plan is primary for dental care. Coverage is limited, but your claim should be filed with your health plan before being submitted um, with your health plan's EOB to your dental carrier. If you're looking for options outside of federal dental plans, take a look at the four offered by AFSPA which include Dominion National, a Cigna HMO, a Cigna PPO plan, and Cigna International, which offers great coverage overseas for our members who may be residing there. AFSPA also offers a dental and vision discount program in partnership with Carrington. It's not insurance, but it's a great option for those who want some assurance about the costs that they may be paying. Visit our website at aspa.org dental or give us a call at 202-833-4910 for more information or to enroll. Thanks for joining us for this episode of AFSPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association. Please rate and review the show and subscribe and tell your friends about it. We welcome feedback on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. All information offered on this podcast is meant to be educational. Comments offered by the hosts or guests are not intended as medical advice, and any views expressed are those of the speaker and not necessarily of AFSPA. Please direct questions about your personal health needs to a provider. 
Should there be any discrepancy between information offered in this podcast and official plan documents for the Foreign Service Benefit Plan or other products offered by ASPA, the policy provisions will prevail. Thanks to Hannah Wolfhart for producing, editing, and mixing this episode. Talk to you again soon.